We've got contract details for Ed Oliver and Leonard Floyd, tons of updates from Brandon Bean, and even more to reflect on today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Lockdown Bills. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Well, folks, we got a lot to break down today on the podcast. We've got contract details from Leonard Floyd and Ed Oliver you have a salary cap update as to where the bills are. We heard from Brandon Bean. He made a lot of comments to consider. And then uh, some stuff from the OTAs, attendance, Damar Hamlin practicing. We heard from Al Holcomb, one of the bills' defensive assistants, and he had some interesting comments. And we heard from Leonard Floyd and Al Oliver themselves. So just a lot to get into here today on the podcast. Let's start with the contract stuff that came through regarding Ed Oliver Leonard Floyd, and then we could talk about where the bills are from a cap perspective. But the Ed Oliver terms have come through, of course, a four-year, $68 million extension. And this includes $24.5 million guaranteed at signing. And then there's another $7 million that becomes guaranteed in February of 2024, another $8.25 in March of 2024, $16.7 million total guaranteed in 2023. So in all practicality, and this is courtesy of Mike Gennetti of SpotRack, the Bills signed Ed Oliver to a three-year, $47.1 million deal. The Bills have a very easy out of Ed Oliver's contract after the 2025 season. So if this is not working out, the Bills will have him this year, 2023, 24, and 25, and then the Bills can get out of the deal. And in fact, I would guess at about that point in the contract, something is going to happen just based on the baked-in flexibility that Brandon Bean has with the structure of the deal. His cap hits are pretty minimal, uh, $4.9 million in 2023, $9.25 in 2024, and then they balloon. This is a back-loaded deal. 20.75 in 2025, 22.3 in 2026, and 21.4 in 2027. Again, I'm not sure that the Bills will actually get to those bigger numbers later in the deal. I think something will happen, whether a restructure, a new deal, a release, something along those lines. But we do have a structure that is creatively set up uh, that has plenty of outs for the Bills. It's backloaded, minimal cap hits this year and next. And the reality is only $24.5 million guaranteed at signing. And then, of course, the move 
as we speculated, frees up cap space right now. And yesterday when we got into this deal, or really over the last couple of days, we've speculated at the amount of savings that the extension freed up, and now we know the answer. It frees up $5.775 million of cap space this year, which, of course, the Bills used to sign Leonard Floyd. And we have the terms of that contract as well. And this comes courtesy of Jeremy Fowler, who tweeted out, Bills pass rusher Leonard Floyd's one-year deal is worth $7 million fully guaranteed with incentive packages for 8, 10, and 12 sacks that can get it to another $9 million, according to a source. His cap hit is going to be lower due to void years. And that's what we speculated as well. I said, look, it's a one-year deal, but surely there's going to be some void years on this deal that is going to make that cap hit lower and manageable for the Bills to add a player of Leonard Floyd's caliber to the roster based on a, a really restricted cap situation. And so there's the domino effects of the structure of Ed Oliver's deal, the cap savings that it created for this year, what Leonard Floyd's actual deal is, and then just the consequence of there being some void years added to the contract. Now, one of the other pieces of information that I was waiting to hear from the signing of Leonard Floyd is what the corresponding move is, because as we've established, the Bills roster is at 90. And so if they add a player, that means someone's got to go. And the answer this time around is undrafted free agent running back Isaiah Bowser. He was released as the corresponding move with the arrival of Leonard Floyd, which became official on Tuesday morning when he signed this contract. And then he participated in OTAs on Tuesday, June 6th. So what does this mean for the Bills' current cap space? Where are they at? Well, Brandon Bean broke that down for us during his press conference. And so in the next segment, I really want to focus in entirely on Bean's comments, but because we just talked about contracts and all of that, we're all curious as to what the salary cap is. And so uh, this is what Brandon Bean said. He said, look, we have around $4 million in cap space. He said a little more than $4 million. And that if the 53-man roster goes the way that they projected to go, they will enter the season with th- between 3 and $5 million in cap space. And he also admitted, he said, look, we're going to need to do other moves. So if you guys remember when I originally talked about the Ed Oliver contract and that there's uh, cap savings for this year, one of the things that I said is, look, it might not be for another player. It might be for just having enough cap space to function in season. And so as it would turn out, both things are true in that it was for a player. Hello, welcome Leonard Floyd. But also Brandon Bean came out and said, look, I'm going to have to do other moves to create cap space to be able to function in season. He said that during his press conference on Tuesday. And so with that in mind, the moves that make the most sense to me in terms of levers that Brandon Bean can pull to create cap space are as follows. They can restructure Trey White's contract. They could restructure Deion Dawkins' contract. They can extend Daquan Jones. They could extend Micah Hyde, and they could extend Taron Johnson. Those are your most likely, most logical moves, in my opinion, 
to create cap space. And I would bank on one of those happening, maybe two of those happening, because with the arrival of Leonard Floyd, the Bills are kind of back in that spot where they need cap space to just be able to function during the season. And so I would uh, anticipate in the coming months a move along those lines happening. All right, in just a moment here, we're going to get into Brandon Bean's comments. He's always candid and had a lot to say on a lot of topics we're all interested in. So that's coming up here in just a moment. But folks, first, I need to tell you about Bird Dogs. I absolutely love their shorts and their joggers. Bird Dogs apparel, it just simply makes you look good. They have stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and through your leg, giving you a sculpted look. Uh, They fit just way better than regular shorts. You know, regular shorts, they're stiff. They're full of restricting cotton. Not the case with Bird Dogs. They fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And that's so clutch, right? You want to be able to get out on the golf course. You want to be able to go out and feel like you can move and not have that heavy cotton on and really wear you down and restrict your movements. That's not the case with bird dogs. These are high quality shorts and joggers. I mean, it's it's basically what Lululemon offers, but it's better and it costs less. So check them out. They even have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, let's get into these comments from Brandon Bean um, during his press conference on Tuesday. And then I'm also going to weave in into this conversation a few comments that he made on Pat McAfee's show on Monday afternoon. But let's do start with what he said about the arrival of Leonard Floyd. And he said something that I've been saying as well. And, and I, I think it's always cool when Brandon Bean uh, verbalizes things that I communicate on this podcast. But he he started off by answering a question about Leonard Floyd by stating, look, People panic after the draft. Roster building is a 12-month thing. We stayed in touch with Leonard Floyd. We talked to his representation about loose parameters. Then he had a conversation directly with Leonard Floyd. And then over the weekend, Leonard Floyd agreed to the deal that the Bills had on the table. And so also Brandon Bean mentioned that they've made 11 additions to the roster since the beginning of May. So after the draft, they've added 11 players, including some meaningful guys in Leonard Floyd, in Puna Ford, in Brandon Shell. They've all been added since the draft in addition to some undrafted free agents. Now, also on Leonard Floyd, and this comment was on the Pat McAfee show, he said, we always believe in trying to be strong up front. We've solidified the offensive line. We needed another pass rusher. Floyd has close to 30 sacks over the last three years. They checked in with Von Miller. He signed off saying he's a great guy that fits our culture. Now, a lot of thought as it relates to the arrival of Leonard Floyd has to do with the availability of Von Miller. And in Brandon Bean's press conference, he said something pretty bold that I didn't expect. He said Von Miller is shooting for week one. 
That's his goal, and it hasn't changed. He continued by saying, even if we knew Vaughn was going to be ready for week one, we would still have signed Leonard Floyd. We want to rush the passer in waves. And I know that Brandon Bean said Vaughn's shooting for week one. Vaughn's said it out loud. And I don't want to be the guy that tosses the wet blanket over all of it, but I'm going to be the guy that tosses the wet blanket all over it because I don't think he's going to start the year on the active roster. I just don't see it happening. Um, 33 years old, working back from an ACL, and an ACL is a 9- to 12-month recovery. I mean, the surgery was late November. I think he's going to start the year on PUP, and the earliest we see him is week five or week six. Now, look, there's a chance that I am just not willing to buy in because I know the Bills are slow with bringing guys back. I know there's a lot of momentum for Vaughn to get back soon. I get it. But I will be just very surprised if he's ready to go week one. And I almost hope that they give him that extra time to make sure that when he's back, he's back. But maybe Vaughn's just an absolute freak, and um, he makes me eat these words. I hope so. On Ed Oliver, Brandon Bean said this. He said, defensive tackle is a premium position in this league. There's not a lot of people that agree with that. There's some GMs. There's some analysts that don't think defensive tackle is a premium position. I, I tend to think that it is, but I thought it was interesting that Brandon Bean came out and said that. Defensive tackle is a premium position in this league. They're hard to find. We've invested in him for four years. It's on him and us to continue to develop him to be one of those top players. On the Pat McAfee show, Brandon Bean said this about Ed Oliver. He said, we looked at an extension last August, but we weren't on the same page. Ed's best football is still ahead of him. He suffered a high ankle sprain in week one, which set him back last year. He's a big part of our interior. Sometimes he has he has to finish some sacks uh, that he'll miss, but he's ready to do that. He makes our defense better, and he's very disruptive. Thought it was interesting that they started this conversation last August, and then they weren't on the same page. And then as I've listened to Bean kind of narrate through this and, and of course, tying it together with what Ed Oliver said, he said, look, we'll get back. He said to Ed, we'll get back to you after the draft. And Ed believed him. and there was no panic. And then after the draft, here we are at Oliver's got a very lucrative contract extension. Brandon Bean was asked an interesting question about if there was anything intentional about having five former LA Rams players on the roster that all were part of the Super Bowl championship in 2021. And those five players, of course, being Von Miller, David Edwards, Leonard Floyd, Taylor Rapp, and Traven Howard. And Brandon Bean said, look, yeah, it is something that we look for. We want guys that have done it, that have won Super Bowls. We want coaches and players that have been there and done it. He said, understanding what those championship teams have done and why they are different is a great asset for them to have with the Buffalo Bills. And so the Bills are – Brandon Bean admitted, he said, look, we're mindful of this. We want guys that have won Super Bowls. Uh, we want guys that have done it, know what it looks like, and can help replicate it in Buffalo. On Dalton Kincaid, Brandon Bean said this. He said, Dalton has done a nice job. He's learning. He's working hard. He's given himself every chance he can to make plays on the field during practice by studying. 
It'll still be a ramp up for him as a rookie. We're happy with where he's at, and we're eager to watch him grow in our system. I think that's what you want to hear your GM say about your first-round pick. On Kyer Elam, and this is interesting because, as I talked about last week, it's my belief that there's very much an open competition for CB2. Trey White, and then between Kyer Elam, Dane Jackson, and Christian Benford, they're all in the mix to be that CB2. And it would not surprise me to see this, you know, this competition really play out deep into training camp. And perhaps they're not even ready come week one and that they're willing to rotate guys. We saw them do it last year. But on Kyer Elam, Brandon Bean said this. He said, Kyer needs to be a more consistent player in practice. And that will translate to games. He said, Elam is all in. And you see him continue to progress but they aren't going to give him the job. You know, he's got to earn it. So, you know, maybe there's some strategy here from the Bills and making sure that Kyer Elam is earning it. But, folks, I want him to be the starter. I mean, the Bills invested a first-round pick in him. I don't want to see a sixth-rounder in Christian Benford and a seventh-rounder in Dane Jackson starting over him and taking reps away from him. And so, like, I I hear you. He's got to earn it, all that stuff. I'm like, uh, that's all good. But, damn it, when the Bills play the Jets in week one of Monday Night Football, (laughs) I really want to see Kyrie Elam as that CB2 across from Tredavious White. On the middle linebacker situation, Brandon Bean said, we like where we're at at middle linebacker. We'll see when the pads come up. All right, bud. I'm I'm glad you're happy there. Look, I get it. There's nothing that's going to come that's really going to change the dynamics here. Zach Cunningham or Miles Jack or Rashawn Evans, those guys don't move the needle for me, just like Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams and Balen Spector and Tyrell Dotson don't move the needle for me. So you might as well go with the upside play, which is the young players that the Bills have that we haven't seen play bad football and bounce around from team to team over the last couple of years. So, like, yeah, miss me with these veterans. Like, I don't think that there's a reinforcement coming that's going to change my outlook on the position. But I I am anxious to see this play out. I hope that the Bills do think that they have at least one starter there and that um, this player can be the answer and the Bills can grow and move forward with them. But I'm going to be panicking about middle linebacker until I have a reason to not panic about middle linebacker. And the good news about that is it's about the only concern I have. I'm pretty satisfied with the rest of this roster. But, uh, man, it's it's just a really unsettled position. There's upside options, which is good, but it's absolutely unsettled. You have nothing proven on your roster at the middle linebacker position in the NFL. On Stefan Diggs' attendance, um, in terms of him coming to mandatory minicamp next week, Brandon Mean said he anticipates Stefan Diggs and all 90 players being at mandatory minicamp next week, and he's not been told anything different. On DeAndre Hopkins, and this was on the Pat McAfee show, Brandon Bean said this, we are all about people who want to come to Buffalo. Of course, that was referring to the lead into the question about Hopkins and and Hopkins himself saying he wanted to play for the Bills. Bean continued, he said, we love it, especially if they fit. Obviously, DeAndre is a heck of a talent. Nothing but respect for him. It would definitely have to fit with how we would structure the salary and all that. Never rule it out but know he's a good player and he'll probably command a decent contract. 
it just doesn't sound like this is going to happen, folks. Not unless he's going to come and play for one year, $1.7 million. Like that's what's going to have to happen for this to really exist. And I, I mean, it'd be fun. It'd be cool, all that stuff. But, you know, I think Hopkins is out there looking for some money. And look, he's 31 years old. He turns 31. He turned 31 literally on the day I'm recording this podcast, June 6th. Nobody in the NFL, in the history of the NFL, has more catches at age 31 than DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I still think he can help a team. I watched the tape. I think he's I think he's going to be a good player for someone next year. I just don't think it's going to be the Bills. Last thing on Brandon Bean, he was asked about the new kickoff rule, and Bean said he's not a fan of the new uh, kickoff rule. Says he appreciates that it's only for one year in hopes that they can come up with a better solution. You knew Bean wasn't going to be a fan of this. Now, what I don't understand is why the Bills didn't vote against it, because they didn't. So there's that piece of it. Like, cool messaging, Brandon. Glad you're not a fan, but why didn't why didn't the Bills vote against it? So that's a question that I would have for Brandon Bean. And maybe it's not ultimately his choice. You'd think as a GM, it's probably a big part of what he's able to influence. Um, but, you know, Brandon Bean's paying guys to cover kicks. They're, it's a part of their strategy. So um, he's not a fan, and neither am I, as I've stated. And I am also happy that it's only a one-year thing, and hopefully a better solution can be figured out over the course of the next year and that this is only a one-year impact on the game and also how teams are building rosters. All right, folks, we got more to get to here in just a moment. Uh, I want to talk about Al Holcomb, one of the Bills' defensive assistant coaches, and then uh, some of the comments that Leonard Floyd and Ed Oliver made themselves coming up after a very, very quick break. All right, let's close out with some other notes here. Uh, We'll start with attendance, and this comes courtesy of Matt Perino on Twitter. Uh, Matt said that he did not see the following players at practice, Stefan Diggs, Von Miller, James Cook, Damian Harris, and Zach Davidson. Jordan Phillips was there but did not participate. And um, a note there, Brandon Bean actually said that he wasn't sure if Phillips was going to be ready to go for the start of training camp. So I would anticipate Jordan Phillips potentially starting camp on the pup. Uh, My understanding is that it's a five to six month recovery from rotator cuff surgery, which is what he had this off season. And then Mitch Morse was there, but limited Uh, something super cool from OTA notes is that Damar Hamlin participated in team drills for the first time uh, during OTAs. And so that's just another big step in his remarkable recovery. And Brandon Bean did comment on DeMar Hamlin and said, look, physically, he's all cleared. It's all mental now. And I appreciate him acknowledging that, right? Because to this point, we haven't been of the understanding that he's actually practice in full, right? We've, you know, he's been there, but not a full participant. And you start to wonder, like, is this going to happen? And it's nice for Brandon Bean to reiterate that, look, physically, he's all cleared. It's all mental now. And that is definitely a thing that we should be mindful of. I I think it was a big thing with Trey White last year. And so different circumstances, right? I mean, an ACL tear versus, you know, a heart problem, right? Those are very different things, but you can can find some commonality there in the mental recovery um, from that type of injury. Al Holcomb. I want to talk about Al Holcomb a little bit. Um, 
he met with the media before the OTA session, uh, commented about Leonard Floyd. But as I was considering him while observing the press conference, his background was something that I wanted to look into because I, we all know that he spent time with Sean McDermott in Carolina. Like, great. But let's get a little further into it. So Al, Col- Al Holcomb, who is a senior defensive assistant for the Buffalo Bills, that's his title. He came out and, and shared that so far to this point, his primary responsibilities have been working with the back seven. So linebackers and defensive backs. So linebackers, corners, and safeties. And in considering his background, there's a lot to like here. And there's a lot of parallel to what he's done to what I think the Bills are going to do. And it's not just his his only background isn't with Sean McDermott. He actually started his NFL career with the New York Giants. He was there for a number of years as a defensive assistant. He was part of that Super Bowl team in 2012. His first year was the first year after the Giants won their first Super Bowl. But think about that pass rush and how they play defense. You know, that's that's um that's something that I'm glad he was a part of and he can bring to this staff. He was the Panthers linebackers coach 2013 through 2017. Now that was with Sean McDermott, but also with Luke Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Shaq Thompson. When those guys were in their absolute prime, especially Keekley and Davis, their position coach was Al Holcomb. And I think that's a major asset to the Bills right now as they navigate this middle linebacker situation, which is a competition between a bunch of very unproven players. Then he spent a little time with the Cardinals, but then he went back to Carolina and he was in Carolina in 2020, 2021 and 2022. And what's intriguing to me about that overlap is when he was the assistant head coach and defensive assistant, he worked there under Matt rule and with defensive coordinator, Phil snow. And what's interesting about Phil Snow is he came from a very long resume in the college ranks and, you know, had a lot of success defending spread offenses and, you know, he's known for using a 3-3-5 alignment, right? Three down linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. He's known for really implementing a slot safety type player. If you go back to Baylor, you can watch Jalen Petrie in that type of role. Uh, But, you know... He he's he's seen that, and he saw a lot of that try to be implemented in Carolina. And you think about Carolina and their defense over the last few years; it's been pretty good. Um, they've used versatile players like a Jeremy Chin, um, who they use as a deep safety, as a low safety, as an overhang, as a slot. Right, so you kind of imagine what the Bills might be able to do with Taylor Rapp, and you know maybe even Jordan Poyer tapping into that versatility, uh, that slot safety type player. Um, you saw them use a lot of multiple fronts and Carolina using a lot of odd fronts, right? You think about Brian Burns and that skill set um, and how they were able to de- develop Derek Brown over the last few years. And, and you could just, you can find some things that I'm imagining for the Bills defense that Al Holcomb's been a part of. And I'm encouraged for his influence on this unit. So if you can get over the fact that he's another Sean McDermott guy and there's history there. There's a lot of history outside of his time with Sean McDermott that I think could be an asset to what they're trying to build defensively in Buffalo. Now, Leonard Floyd, or excuse me, 
Al Holcomb commented on the arrival of Leonard Floyd. I thought this was a little interesting nugget. He said, I'm a huge fan. I was on an assignment during last offseason, and I studied him and the Rams' defense. And watching Floyd and his techniques, we incorporated them in Carolina. I love how he can run to, run to the ball, set edges, and get after the quarterback. He will help our defense. Um, and so there's a lot of familiarity there. Um, and so that's going to be helpful that Al Holcomb's done that work on Leonard Floyd to give this Bills defensive staff some clues as to really how to deploy him. All right, now speaking of Leonard Floyd, he met with the media on uh, Tuesday after practice. And um, the four major things that I took away from listening to Leonard Floyd was, yes, Von Miller was part of this. Um, Once the Bills reached out to Leonard Floyd, Leonard Floyd then had conversations with Von. Von then had conversations with Brandon Bean, and it sounds like everyone was aligned. He did affirm that he did leave more money on the table for other teams. And when he was asked why he did that, he said, I want to win a Super Bowl. And he's already a Super Bowl champion, and he wants it again. And so still crazy to me that veteran established players are choosing to take less money to come to Buffalo because they think they can win a Super Bowl in Buffalo. As my buddy Joe Miller would say, wildest dreams land. That stuff is really happening. Puna Ford did it. Von Miller, or excuse me, Leonard Floyd did it too. As for uh, the time off, right, because um, Leonard Floyd signed late, right? It's June, signed on June 5th. Typically, guys will sign March, April. And uh, when he was asked about that, he said, I, I appreciated the time off because last offseason, right, you win the Super Bowl, and then it's a quick turnaround right into the season. He said it gave him some time to work on his farm. He said he started a farm in Georgia. It's got cows, sheep, goats, and ponies. And I, I'm bringing that up for no other reason than to point out that I think the Bills like farmers, right? They've had a, a number of players. They have a number of players that are in into farming, right? You have, we just learned Leonard Floyd has a farm in Georgia with cows and sheep, goats, and ponies. Von Miller, we know, is a chicken farmer. It's one of the passions of his life is raising chickens and farming chickens. Josh Allen is a, a cantaloupe farmer growing up. He's got pistachios now, right? He, Josh Allen is a farmer. Lee Smith, I know he had a farm. I'm guessing there's some other guys out there. Ed Oliver, we know with the horses. So as you're considering players for the Bills, they got a farming background. <laughs> Seems to be a trait the Bills like. I mean, I like it too. I think it's cool. Uh, he also talked about, this is interesting, he talked about the differences between Chicago and L.A. and right really emerge as a playmaker with the Rams in ways that he didn't necessarily with Chicago, who picked him number nine overall in the NFL draft back in 2016. And the reason he said that he was able to take that jump is he said the people. So you're surrounded by the right people that can really get the most out of you and you know wanting to play for play hard for players that you respect. And so... You know, as we talk about and we listen to Bean and McDermott say things like, we want guys with the right DNA that are wired the right way, and you hear other Bills players talk about the caliber of people that they're bringing in, know that it's not just buzzy stuff. Like, it does matter. The environment that you create is going to unlock things in players and allow them to be the best version of themselves. So don't, like, just gloss over that as insignificant 
buzzy stuff like that stuff does matter. And it's nice to know that we root for an organization that values that, that does foster an environment for a player to come in and be the best version of themselves. And we've seen that happen time and time again. Let's close out with some quick comments from Ed Oliver. Um, <laughs> this is what he said about the deal. He said, they presented the deal to me. I liked it. So I signed it. Simple guy, simple guy. Obviously last August, they weren't on the same page. Bean comes around this time, offers him a deal. Ed Oliver says, I like it. Done deal. On 2022, Ed Oliver, and we know Ed, Ed had the high ankle sprain week one. Then he had a calf injury. Then he had a pectoral injury. He said, last year showed me that I can play football in the NFL no matter what is going on. I did not feel my best. He talked about his own injuries. He talked about what the team went through. He said it, it was really revealing to him that, hey, no matter what circumstances are out there, he can go out there and compete and play football in the NFL. And I think I think that mean, means something, right? Again, it might not seem like a very significant talking point, but to be able to know that, hey, there could be adversity. He talked about having a child last year during the season and, and the challenges that that has. These are real people, right? And just like you would go to your job and maybe there's something at home or you don't feel your best or um, people you're working with are going through things like that can be applied to the NFL too. I know that they get paid a lot of money to play a game, but it's still work. And so don't gloss over that type of stuff. It matters. And then as for if he had any pressure receiving this new contract, I love what Ed Oliver said. He said, I don't feel any pressure at all. I feel like I'm going to outplay the contract. So there you have it. Tons of updates coming out of Bill's OTAs. Tons of comments to reflect on. Salary cup cap update. Got into a lot here today on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Tomorrow, my plan, as long as there's no crazy breaking news that we have to get into, is herd mentality. So I'm looking forward to diving into your questions. I have a bunch already, and I can't wait to uh, give you some insight on those items tomorrow on the podcast. So don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.